This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling me to the Good morning, good morning, Tallahassee. We're getting so close to that period of Thanksgiving. It's almost here, and you're listening to Wave 94.1, Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ, Servant Marcia, and I want you to be encouraged to know that God has a plan that is greater than all of the crazy confusion that you're experiencing. Even if you think that you cannot make it, I want you to know, yes, you can. And it's ordained for you to make it. So you are a successful person, whether you know it or not. The word today is your success. And here's the question I have for you. Who is your friend? Who are you hanging around? Because your success is tied in your friendships. A lot of times we want to escape to heaven, but our God is so great till he's already planned out heaven on earth that you can literally walk, live, and experience heaven while you're here on earth. There's no need to escape because you're living in heaven. Heaven is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. And so as you live according to the ways of heaven, you will experience heaven. And uh, we've talked about heaven often. If we run over to uh, different parts of the Bible, we will learn that uh, heaven is a place where there's no tears and there's no sorrow. <laughs> what about that? Um that there's only joy and the glory of the Lord. I mean, so over in Isaiah, the 65th chapter, it talks about that. But let's get into today's um, discussion or word of God and what it is called. It says success is tied to your friend. And now that allows you and I to look at the people, the persons that we have close to us, the ones that we listen to, and and are you in friendship with a person who has success as your destiny, or are you tied to a person of death? If we look at Lot and Abraham, for instance, Genesis the twelfth chapter, verse one through four, the Lord said to Abraham, "Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, from thy father's house." unto a land that I will show you, and I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee, make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you, and curse them that curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So 
Abraham was uh, he was uh, obedient and he left and did as the Lord said. He was 75 years old when he left. So some of us say we're too old, but we're not. Abraham was 75. And that's when the Lord, the word of the Lord came to him when he was in a, a point of life of maturity. But the most important part of this puzzle in the fourth verse it says, and Lot went with him. The Lord never spoke to Lot. He spoke to Abram. But at that point of his life, Lot was very close and a friend to Abraham. Abram, at that time was his name, was Lot's friend. And so therefore, Lot went with him. If you go a little bit further down to the 13th chapter of Genesis, you will read where Abram came out of Egypt and uh he and his wife and all that was with him and Lot was with him and they went to the south. Abram was very rich in cattle, silver and gold and he went on his journeys and set up his tent. But notice that Lot was also there. Abram began to call upon the name of the Lord. And when you read about Lot in verse number 5, 13 chapter, you realize that oh my God, Lot is now re relatively rich. He had flock, herds, and tents. And uh, matter of fact, Lot got so big that the two of them cannot coexist. And so uh, Abraham said, look, we're, we're family. Let's not fight. Let, let's separate so we can, you know, both have our kingdoms. And Lot looked around and decided that being in fellowship with uh, Abraham was not the best thing for him at this time. He decided that the beautiful grounds and the garden, there was an area near Sodom and Gomorrah that looked like the Garden of Eden. And he said, that's where I'm going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live there. And he moved. He, he broke his fellowship, his friendship to a degree with Abram. And, and he became friends with the people that dwelt near that beautiful garden. And those were perverse sinners. They were so sinful until the Lord sent the angels down to destroy that environment. They were so sinful that they tried to be intimate with the angels. They were so sinful that like today, they did not even understand their gender. That's how perverse and out of order they were. And notice that the angels uh, said to Lot, before they destroyed uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, they said, look, you need to get out of here because we cannot do anything until you are gone. And so um, Lot, um, and, and the reason for that was because Lot did allow them to stay in his house. He would not let them stay in the streets of the city because the men were trying to be intimate with them. So finally, the angels of the Lord smote the men with blindness. And now he said, Lot, do you have anyone else besides your wife and your son and your daughters or son-in-laws? Anyone you have, come on, get out of this place because we're going to destroy it. And so by Lot, no longer being in friendship with Abram, but instead friendship with Sodom and Gomorrah, he is now facing the loss of everything. He lost his wife, 
who looked back and became a pillar of salt. And he even lost part of his morality because at the end of it all, he ended up being intimate. Let's see, that spirit of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, the Sodomites, were now in his daughters. And uh, they made their father drunk and they became intimate with him out of those two girls the Moabites and the Ammonites were created I think the point that I'm making to you is that who you are in friendship really matters because if you if, if Lot for instance had stayed friends with Abram he would have continued to grow and prosper as Abram did even may have gotten his name changed as Abram did to Abraham but instead he changed his friendship and became friends with the Sodomites and, and the people living in Sodom and Gomorrah and it led to death that's what it did it led to loneliness it led to a daily despair looking at his grandchildren even so who do you have as your friend should you change friends? So let's talk about David and Jonathan. And it came to pass that, you know, Saul over in First uh, Samuel, the 18th chapter, Saul asked um, David, who are you? And David said, I'm the son of Jesse. And that's all. That's what the Lord does as well with us. He questioned us to understand, do you know who you are before there's a shift in your life. And the word of God says, And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, David was speaking to Saul, that the Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And then Saul took him in that day and would not allow him to go back to Jesse. Jonathan and David made a covenant because Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Jonathan then took off his royal robe and gave it to David. He also gave him his sword, his bow, and his girdle. Let's stop and analyze this. The minute that David became friends with Jonathan, his destiny began to Develop His destiny to become what he had been anointed to be, the king of Israel, began to unfold. Immediately, royalty was bestowed upon him. David was a shepherd boy, but because of now being friends with Jonathan, he is now actually a prince, given to him in an instant by Jonathan. Now, soul tie and friendship, if you with the right friend, will give you protection and will give you generational provision. So Jonathan said unto David in 1 Samuel, the 20th chapter, starting at the 11th verse, because now David feels that King Saul wants to harm him. And uh, they could no longer even speak in the castle or the palace. They went out in the field. And Jonathan said unto David, O Lord God of Israel, when I have sounded my father out, 
about you, I will let you know if he's good towards you or if he, or if he means to harm you. So because Jonathan is now friends with David, Jonathan is already deciding that he will be kind and protective towards David, even to the extent that it goes against the desires of his father. And so here, let's read the Bible again. It says, um, But also thou shalt not cut off thy kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord has cut off the enemies of David one by one from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord even require it at the hands of David's enemies. And Jonathan caused David to swear again because Jonathan loved him as he loved his own soul. So what Jonathan has done is in his friendship, knowing in his heart that David will one day be king, he is now requested of David to not cut off his household. And uh, so that is another covenant that if you're in friendship with the correct person, the person that have your destiny, you can actually make covenants that's going to bless your family that don't even exist yet. Second Samuel, the ninth chapter, and this is where David is now king, and he's going to honor the covenant that he made with Jonathan. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant that used to work for Saul, or still worked for the house of Saul. His name was Ziba. And Ziba said, There is a son of Jonathan. He's lame. And the king said, Where is he? And um, Ziba said, Well, he lives over in Lodabar. Let's analyze the word Lodabar. What does that mean? Lodabar means without order, disorderly, no leader. They're not governed. They're rebellious, no shepherd, no place to rest, barren, without speech, dumb. They're liars and nothing is true. They live in illusion. And that is where Jonathan's son was actually living. And David said, look, go, don't be afraid of me. I need to show kindness because of Jonathan. Uh, bring him to me. And when he came to him, Jonathan told the son that and his name was Mephibosheth. And he told Jonathan's son, I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you will eat every day at my table, recognizing the anointing that God put upon Saul, the friendship that David had with Jonathan, the royalty that was given to David by his friendship with Jonathan. Amen, somebody. Do you understand that if you have the right friend, that your great-grand, great-great-great-grandchildren will benefit from you being in friendship with the correct person. And um, here's what David said to Jonathan's son. He says, from now on, 
your sons and your servants and all the fruits, all of that shall be unto unto this this son. But not only that, David also blessed the servant. And and Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. So Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, was also blessed. The right friendship will bless not only you, but will bless your children, your children's children, your great-grandchildren, all those that serve you, your employees. The right friend, being in fellowship with a friend that God has blessed, blesses you. Amen. I hope you're learning today that if you said, I want to be successful, one of the first things you need to inventory is your friendships. Ruth and Naomi would be another one that we can talk about in the Ruth chapter 1, starting at the 10th verse. Naomi is telling her two daughter-in-laws, look, go back to your mother's house because there's no more sons in my womb that I can give you. And they all cried and but uh, one of them left and went back to the family. But Ruth, Ruth did not leave. Ruth stayed. She stayed with Naomi. And Ruth said, entreat me not. Meaning, do not ask me to go back to my home. Do not ask me to leave you. Because wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you sleep or stay, I will stay. And your people will be my people. Your God, my God. When you die, wherever you die, that's where I will die. <laughs> so therefore, she told her mother-in-law that only death will separate us. And it, because Ruth made that decision to stay in friendship with Naomi, Ruth, the fourth chapter, shows what happens to a person that do not switch friendship once you've made it, like Lot did. But instead, you stay with that friend through thick and thin. And let's read what happened in Ruth, the fourth chapter, starting at the ninth verse. And Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, You are witness this day that I have bought all that was Emiliac's and all that was she Leon's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. So that means now, if you look at it, Naomi now is getting blessed because Boaz is buying all the land that actually belonged to Naomi as a widower. So now she has funds to take care of herself. Also, he says, Ruth the Moabite, the Moabitess, the wife of Molan, I've purchased to be my wife and to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place. You are witnesses this day. Now, that is a, a law that the Israelites follow called to be redeemed by the next of kin. And so by Boaz humbling and raising up the seed of Molan, which was Ruth's husband who had died, he is able to marry Ruth. And God bless this union. Uh, 
she, the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son and the son name was Obed and Obed was the father of Jesse and Jesse was the father of David. If you keep the right connection, women and men of God, you need to inventory who is your friend. Do you have the correct friend? Are you being friends with somebody because of your eyes? You see how that lady look. You see how that man look. You see what they're driving. You see their houses. And based upon your sight, you have decided this is my friend. Instead of walking in faith and not looking at the obvious, but allowing your spiritual sight to be open so that you can be in friendship with the correct person. And finally, are you, would Jesus identify you as his friend? You're listening to Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ with Servant Marcia. And today I'm explaining to you, the Lord is allowing me to teach you about being successful. So many people think that success is based upon their personal achievements, their education, who they know, where they live, what they buy, what they walk in, what house do they have, what car. No, it's not that. I mean, those are good things to have, but your success from a biblical perspective is really tied to your friendship. Let's look at Jesus. And John, the 15th chapter, starting at the 12th verse, and remember, Jesus was your friend first. And then loving others will set up the, the path for him, for Jesus to accept you as his friend. We're so busy singing, what a friend I have in Jesus, that we're not looking at, does Jesus view us as his friend? Let me read the Bible. John, the 15th chapter, 12th verse, it said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. That means he loved us first. Greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants. Why? Because a servant do not know what his Lord is going to do. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father. I have made known unto you. It means that when you love like Jesus has access to love, we become his friend. That's how you become a friend unto Jesus. So if you're walking with unforgiveness, bitterness, despair, doubt, ill speaking, gossiping, and Father, I repent right now, even me, for anything that I may have said, Lord, that is deemed gossiping. Lord, forgive me, because gossiping means that you're not loving your brother and sister as you should. And therefore, you are not Jesus' friend. In order to be Jesus' friend, you must love your brother. You must love one another as Jesus has loved us. Jesus loved us even though we are guilty of sin. 
The word of God let us know that all have been born and in, in sin. We have been shaped in iniquity. Shaped. And from our mother's womb, we come out already with the DNA of sin from Adam and Eve falling away from the Lord, the great fall. So that is why Jesus said, it is, you, it, you must. This is Jesus over there in John, the third chapter. He says, you must be born again. Because why? You must have a new spirit. Amen. You must become a new creation, which starts out with the new birth. Because our original birth, it pulls us into sin. We're already sinful. And we cannot love the way how Jesus loved like that. We have to be born again in order to love the way how Jesus loved. Amen. John, the 16th chapter, when you're Jesus' friend, you receive the Father's Spirit with Jesus' promise of coming back for us. Amen. And, and it reads this way, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he hear. That's what Holy Spirit will speak to you. And he will show you the future. Holy Spirit will. And then Jesus also said that um, you, you, you see me now, but in a little while you won't see me. But then again, a while later, you will see me because right now I'm going to the Father. But I will come back for you. I will come again. He even told us... Um, you know, that he will prepare a place for us so that we can be with him. I'm here to tell you that being a friend of Jesus, what it does, it makes you gifted, righteous, redeemed. Over in 1 Corinthians, it says that in everything you are enriched by Jesus in all utterance, in all knowledge. Even the testimony of Christ is confirmed in you. So there's no gift that you need that you do not have. Jesus allows us to be gifted as we wait for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But of him, of you that are in Christ Jesus, then in Christ Jesus is of God, right? That's who he comes from. Now unto us we receive wisdom righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. You know, the Bible lets us know, I have not seen, ear has not heard, neither have entered into the heart of men the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives us the deep things of God. We become the temple of God and the works that we receive because by Jesus being our foundation, you know, we're starting out with the foundation that is led, laid down by Jesus Christ. So we have an assurance that our salvation will remain intact. As long as we stay grounded in Jesus Christ and our work, our works that we do, they will be measured by the fire. And if there are works that are honorable, guess what? We will be rewarded. And if not, we won't be rewarded, but we will still enter into the promise of the Lord.
We are the temple of God. I'm going to end it with the eternal promise that we will receive. Isaiah, the 65th chapter, says, For behold, God created a new heaven and a new earth. The former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. The voice of weeping shall no more be heard, nor voice of crying. Um, there will be no more infants in the millennium that do not live all of their days. Uh, an infant will live, grow all the way to at least a hundred years. That's what we have in our future as long as you stay a friend of Jesus. Amen. Um, you will not labor in vain and uh, it will come to pass. This is what the Lord says, God the Father, that before you call, God will answer. And while you are speaking, God will hear. What a beautiful friendship it is to be Jesus' friend. Amen. Uh, the rapture is our future. First Thessalonians, for if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, and even so them also which are already asleep, meaning dead in Christ, God will uh, bring Jesus. For the word of God says that we which are alive and remain unto the coming, uh, we can't prevent them. But the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. And we that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them that were dead in Christ to meet the Lord in the air. And we shall evermore be with the Lord. I pray right now that you receive friendship with Jesus. Amen. So that your destiny remains intact, your eternity to rule, reign as king and priest with him is assured. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. God bless you. I love you. But guess what? God loves you so much more. Can't wait to see you next week. God bless. Bye. Anybody want to see you love one?